Hello and welcome to episode 88 of the British Wrestling Experience on postwrestling.com. I'm your host, Martin Bushby, and joining me is Andy Ogden. Andy, how are you this month, mate? Not too bad, uh, Martin. Um, nice to hear you again. All this in you um, a week and a half ago at the Red Pro Show in uh, Sheffield. We were very merry that evening. Um, but, yeah, no, a good time was had, wasn't it? Indeed, we were. We were very, very merry that evening. Um, <laughs> I know it's becoming a, a monthly thing. We had the lead show in April and then uh, we ended up going to that show. So it's becoming a, a monthly thing at this point. But um, sadly, now Benno this month, he's got absolutely tons on this week. So he, he couldn't make it. But not to fear, taking his place from the Pro Wrestling Torch, it's uh, Mr. Will Coolin. William, how are you? Thanks for joining us this month. Very well. It's always good to talk to you guys. And uh, yeah, you know, there's only so many hours in a day for uh, for Benno to record podcasts and something had to give, eh? Indeed it did. Uh, last time I spoke to you was uh, we were looking back at the career of Scott Hall and you were just about to head off to Canada. Um, I'm assuming you're back from there now. How was your trip over there and everything? Well, it, it was good. I enjoyed it a lot. The only problem was is I had taken the advice from a six-year-old about what the weather would be like. And then it was and like it was even colder than it actually would have been normally. So I went there with no coat, no proper shoes to walk around in well, snow. Well, you went to Canada with no coat. With no coat, no, no, no proper walking shoes, no socks. And Canada had one of its where I was staying in Calgary had one of its worst blizzards in April for years. <laughs> so so basically, I went all the way to Canada to have a staycation where I stayed indoors and watched TV and played video games with my son, which I enjoyed greatly. Um, um, I've, the, the only actual thing we did out and about in Canada in, in my 10-day stay was go and see Sonic 2 on the day I left. Which is very good, by the way, and has better booking than most pro wrestling. <laughs> I love the fact that you thought, uh, have you not read Bret Hart's book about uh, growing up in, in Calgary and now it's like bitterly cold all the time? Plus, you know, global warming, so you can't predict what the weather's going to be like these days. And Will Coley turns up to Canada with no, no long johns, no socks and no coat. Didn't have any shops over there that you could uh, buy a coat from. Yeah, but that 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 eats into the booze money, so that that ah, that, right. that, that, that couldn't be done. Um, but look, the I, I, keep you warm, Will. <laughs> well, no, in Canada it's Crown Royal, it's it's Canadian whiskey. So uh, ah. it was quite good as well because every bottle of of uh, Crown Royal you got, you got a little miniature of uh, a variant they were trying to flog. So you actually got a little extra uh, yeah. alcohol for your troubles. Nice, nice. What about you, Andy? What you've been uh, been up to? Uh, exciting this month? Um, no, nothing much really. Um, went to had a couple of beer trips to um, Charlton and Altrincham. They're very much uh, these like posh commuter towns just outside of mm. Manchester. So uh, yeah, Charlton was like one of the first big commuter towns to become, you know, like very trendy. Um, had some nice fish and chips there from the uh, Atlantic Fish and Chip Bar. About eleven and a half quid. Oh, lovely. Um, Altrinham, Altrinham on the other hand is um, well known for all its uh, Belgian beer bars and German beer bars, and yeah, yeah, sozzled by the end of the night. I was. <laughs> yeah, I've, um, my wife's uh, grand 
lived in Altrincham, and uh, yeah, we went out there for like, um, you know, when your family gets togethers and you go out for like Sunday tea and what have you. And yeah, it's quite, um, it's quite a lot of posh nosh places around there, isn't there? Yeah, certainly. Uh, my eyes were bleeding when we were looking at the bill when it came to pay after, but yeah, it's, I uh, quite enjoyed going out, other than the uh, the prices for that. But um, I did, I, I did, mean, I went out in town on Tuesday after work um and um i was just having the sweet nice sweets before i went home a cauliflower barbecue uh, the fried barbecue uh, cauliflower wings that benno actually showed me which are actually quite nice and so i'm just having my food and what do i hear playing on the uh playing on by the dj judas by chris jericho so you know <laughs> can't can't escape the man so did you jump up and start singing and clapping along then i'm assuming no i started drinking in my long island iced tea <laughs> Just as Jericho intended. There you go. Um, yeah, it's quite <laughs> a man who enjoys uh, a long island ice tea himself. But um, it's a shame Benno was not here this month, actually, because uh, we had a big announcement to make over this uh, past couple of weeks. That um, last year, obviously, me and him streamed for 12 hours and raised over uh, £1,400 for the Children's Art Surgery Fund in Leeds. And this year, on July 16th/slash 17th, we're going to go even bigger and do a 24-hour stream to hopefully raise even more money for the charity. Um, and I know it's over like two months away, but we've already got some great guests lined up. You know, there's all some fun games and some returning shows and whatnot to play. And um, you guys will definitely be a part of it. So, yeah, something I'm really looking forward to. Uh, well, I don't know how much I'll be looking forward to it at 5 a.m. in the morning, you know, when we've <laughs> still got about six or seven hours to go. But, yeah, so uh, just wanted to mention that. But, um just before we get into the show this week, because um, there's a variety of bits and pieces to get to, nothing really jumps out as a starting point. So I thought we'd go with WWE and, you know, after announcing their stadium show in Cardiff on September the 3rd, they've named it Clash at the Castle. And I've got to say, guys, as soon as I saw this name and this logo that they uh, released out there, it just screamed to me, Miami Manchester or one of the other UK pay-per-views that WWE ran in the late 90s that were totally meaningless outside of one night uh, only totally meaningless in the long run just glorified house shows i mean andy what did you uh what did you think when you saw this logo and this uh this name for this uh stadium show wwe is running it looked like it had been designed on microsoft paint didn't it, <laughs> <laughs> it, it yeah but similar thoughts to yourself martin very much mayhem in manchester like um but I see they've got um, who's you know um, progress and TNT are running that weekend as well now tagging along onto the uh, onto the big event you know to make people's trip down there worthwhile if they want to lump another sixty quid for more um, Brit rest. But um, now I've seen progress running. I didn't realize TNT were running. Are they doing the yeah, Friday or something? Yeah, yeah. So progress are actually running the uh, Sunday afternoon at I think it's one thirty till four. And they're kicking everyone out for an hour, and then TNT's doing like five till eight at the uh, at the tram shed. I think they're both charging 25, 30 quid uh, right. price. Um, but someone's certain to run the Friday. I know it's been muted about or oh, possible NXT stand and deliver show. Or I'm I'm surprised nothing like um, you know what the bingo all has been announced yet. Yeah, I think like you know one of the sort of like guys from down there and you know like is it uh yeah like, sure, i think chaos the uh, flash morgan webster and wild boar run 
Um, yeah. yeah, I'm surprised they've not announced anything. Yeah. But, what about you? Well, you raised a good point, actually, that, you know, the poster also featured the, uh, was it the tourist board for Wales on, on the poster? As yes. Well? Yes, it does. Um, which I think is very interesting because when, if you remember the, the, the talk of having another, um, no, super show, a premium live event in the UK, kind of got raised again when you had the first Saudi shows and the show in Australia back in 2006, 2017. Mm. Uh, so 2016 2017 and um one of the things triple h said at the time because you know he was he was important back in the day <laughs> was um you know these things only really work if you have a site fee because of the commitment WWE has to make actually SummerSlam 92 uh, didn't make make its money back and um, for all sorts of various complicated reasons and I don't know, you know, if you look, you know, that Taurus logo on there certainly suggests to me that the Welsh Tourism Board may have thrown some money at WWE uh, to get the show there, or that the stadium, because the stadium's logo is on there as well, or that the stadium um, paid to get WWE to come over, um, um, which I think is interesting. I think it shows you the kind of business WWE's in. I mean, this is something that Brandon Thurston of uh, this parish often talks about, that one of the big changes in the way WWE operates is it's gone from being a uh, to customer business where it's reliant on drawing money from customers through selling tickets, selling pay-per-views, selling merchandise, to being a business-to-business -business, um, uh, company where its major revenue streams is convincing a TV company to pay for its TV programs, convincing a streaming network to buy its programming, or indeed to convince stadiums to pay for them to come and bring their live event to that market. Um, and I think the thing you have to bear in mind is, not, not saying it won't be an enjoyable show if you're a WWE fan, I'm not saying it won't be a spectacle, the likes of which we haven't seen in the UK um, no, since the 90s, but we know from the Saudi shows and we know from that, that Australia show that these things don't live in the memory, that they are wrestled with less intensity than the American uh, pay-per-views, that they have less storyline consequences than the American pay-per-views. And they're just a bit, no, they are bland. just a bit, yeah, they're just a bit bland and they are a bit mayhem in Manchester. Mm. And I do say, I do hope that the front row has not just the big comfy armchairs that the early Saudi shows had, but if the Saudi shows get camels, the Welsh show should get sheep. <laughs> <laughs> of course they should, of course they should. Yeah, and that's an interesting point you raised there, Will. Yeah, I think it'll be stacked with all, you know, the big names and you might even get some big matches on there, but you're not going to get sort of like, like you said, you're not going to get the sort of like star quality well, I don't know if you get that in WWE full stop now, but, you know, obviously, you know, WrestleMania Backlash, you know, got some good reviews, didn't it? You're not going to be getting matches like that on there. You're going to get people sort of like going through the motions and, you know, just assuming people are going to be happy that they're there live in person. But um, in terms of the ticket one, sales, just Andy, one thing you... on that, sorry, Martin, the one, the one saving grace may be is the British wrestlers, because you have to think they won't half-ass it. And they will be pushing to do as well as they can. But, you know, there's actually not many British wrestlers in 
major positions now in WWE because mm. they keep firing them all um, or giving them silly comedy gimmicks. Um, um, so, I mean, I you're like... going to get Pete Dunne chased around that big stadium, aren't you, by somebody yeah. like a little dog or something? <laughs> I think it does for it does kind of rest on Drew McIntyre. Whatever they give him is mm. probably how meaningful and good the show is. And if they put him up against Tyson Fury, I have grave concerns because as good and entertaining a boxer he is, he has all the wrong ideas about what it means to be a successful pro wrestler. Mm. You don't think they're going to do him against Roman then? I mean, that's the sort of like bigger match, isn't it? That, that'll probably be SummerSlam, I do think, with Roman. Mm. They're not going to put yeah. Drew over Roman, are they? That, that's no. the problem. Yeah. Roman's going to go undefeated up until Mania next year, possibly, and then face The Rock. And you can't even see him dropping the title to The Rock. He might just like, right, I've beaten everyone. <laughs> you can have your belt. I'm off. You know, no, they, can both, they can both ride off uh, into the Hollywood sign together, can't <laughs> they, in like a yeah. Cadillac or something. <laughs> what would be interesting, if Cody's world champion by then, if he gets, one of, if he gets the war belt off Roman... Cody was always interested in doing the big mm. AEW UK show. And Cody might be up for putting over Drew mm. to then win it back in America. Mm. So that would be awesome. You know, like I know Drew Cody is probably the best main event I could think you could get for this show that's within the realms of plausibility. Yeah. It will be interesting to see when they start announcing matches and stuff, whether it's going to be like, you know, like they would do a, a WWE house show, whether they just announce them sort of like a couple of weeks before and then barely mention it on TV or whether they're going to go and sort of like at least try and build up some of the matches on there. That's Gen- a good... Generally, they always, they always do just like a month. Be- they work off a month-to-month basis, mm. don't they, WWE? So I don't, I don't expect them announcing a match like, three or four months before the show. He's just not in a WWE's locker at the moment for the match. No. In terms was... of ticket sales, Andy, do you think they're going to sell it out? Well, to, they go on sale on the, I think it's the 18th for this month. So, uh, be one of that. I think they'll do good numbers on the, on the, um, on the first day. Definitely. What, what does it hold about? 60, 70,000. The, the, uh, yeah, something like that. And they reckon they've had um, sort of like, in terms of like people subscribing for tickets, they've had about six, 76,000 or something like that. I, I, I would like say, initial interest in tickets. I would say they'll easily get about 40,000 on the first, maybe the first day, first couple of days, definitely. And um, a lot of what will be left is like the cheap seats at the top. Which I mm. probably myself and Jeff will be going for because we're uh, tight asses. <laughs> uh, Seventy, according to Google, seventy-four thousand the old. Right, um, I th- I think and it might might be even more because I'm assuming that's for that's for football and rugby. Football. So you've got the whole picture as well, haven't you? Mm. Yeah, I think I think they'll they'll do a very good number because for a lot for a lot of folks, even if they're not like. You know, dying in the world WWE fans now. It's just the intrigue. It's a big event over here, and it's just you go for the spectacle. It's like people go to Cheltenham, um, for instance, not because they're horse racing fans. It's just because they want to go for the atmosphere and a piss up. And mm. it'd be probably the same with 
the big show at uh, big show at Cardiff. It's just because I've got to be there moment. I think yeah. mainly, mainly the reason I'm probably going down there as well. <laughs> see, I see, I'm in an uncomfortable position because I remember years ago on this very podcast saying, "Of course, I'd go to a big WWE stadium show." even though I'm not massive, a massive fan of the product nowadays, just because it'd be a happening, it'd be a chance to go. Mm. And uh, Joe Lennon on Grapple was like, why would anybody want to go? That's, that's it, clearly wrong. It'd, it'd be terrible. <laughs> and I remember listening to that then and I was like, oh yeah, he's right. It would be terrible. <laughs> because <laughs> like I know they've gotten better, but their stadium shows do run too long. Um, you are really, really um, playing with, well, not playing with fire, playing with the opposite of fire when it comes to the weather in September in Wales. Um, have they got a roof on it, though? They've got That's, a roof, haven't they? They've got a roof on it, haven't they? Uh, doesn't, stop it like being, doesn't stop it being cold. Mm. Um, they're not going to get rained on, though, That's true. Um, and... It's it's a it'll be a lot of money, you know. It'd be it'll be a train fare. It's always awkward to go uh, east east or west mm-hmm. in the UK, um, as everybody except Andy and his brother know. The hotels are really expensive if you haven't <laughs> already booked. Yeah, correct. Um, and you know the tickets aren't going to be cheap, um, um, even if you are going into the nose into the nosebleeds. And so it's like, I, I'd be very surprised if you can. If you could get to Cardiff uh, for this show and, and have a good time without spending the best part of what three hundred pounds, four hundred pounds, and then it's like, well, even if I wanted to spend that on a wrestling themed holiday, I could go to uh, Tag League yeah. the next mm. month. Will, uh, Will, Will, you're doing a good dad talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> no, but obviously people listening to this outside of the UK, train, especially now, coming out of the pandemic, I mean, train prices are just, they've always been ridiculous, haven't they're they? I mean, so you can fly now. to, the, the joke's always been you can fly to France and Spain cheaper than you can get a train down to London. And like the trains are just astronomically priced now it's, it's just ridiculous but obviously you know if you if you're stingy like me i get the coach to london for about 12 quid um obviously it just takes a bit longer um but yeah so there is all that and there's all the expense and stuff but i just um and i said on the last show i do remember going to the uh calzaghi against kessler fight and the the beauty of the stadium is that a lot of stadiums are outside city centers that one's banging the city mm. center so you come out an event out an event there on the saturday you're straight into a night out in Cardiff with everyone, you know, coming from the event and people who are out for a night out. So the atmosphere was cracking. So, yeah, I'd be tempted to go down for that. But like you say, it's justifying the costs of it all, isn't it? The one other thing as well is if there's a good casino, we could go and watch AEW in the casino. And spend even more money on uh, the blackjack table. <laughs> well, we don't know. <laughs> well, no, this is, I've been to casinos many a time, but I've never gambled in a casino. They are actually really good places to get a late night meal and mm. drinks. And yeah. they usually have really good TVs. I remember there was a, I was at a UFC in Manchester and the place I was going to stay fell through and I couldn't get anywhere that was affordable on short notice. So after the UFC, I just went to the, the nearby casino mm. and watched a Bernard Hopkins fight and just drank cocktails all night. 
Yeah, they are good for that, aren't they? Yeah, watching sport like night sports events and stuff. I remember I went to a casino on like a works do on Christmas and there were loads of guys in there like just chucking 50 pound notes and stuff down. I went up with my free 10 pound token that they gave us one a tenner and then i went to cash it out and there's these guys with wads of cash in their end and i worked up with my little token like can i get my 10 pounds please and the guy was like oh fucking hell i'm surprised he didn't get it out of his own pocket for me um, <laughs> sympathy yeah <laughs> well um, i suppose sticking with wwe um and we had because we had the uh former malcolm bivens uh stokely hathaway took to his youtube to talk about leaving wwe this past month and he had some choice words for the members of NXT UK um, quote all the people from the UK talking about what's wrong with the little black bloke I heard he turned down a contract does he have a drug problem or something shut the fuck up you can talk shit about just because Nick Khan forgot you existed you ain't better than me motherfuckers you're not better than me NXT UK is crazy man I'm gonna say this if you work for WWE and you want to stay there forever get transferred to NXT UK you could be number one on the FBI's most wanted list. Kidnap three families, shoot up the Popeyes down the street, and they'll put you in a program with Ilya Dragunov. They don't give a shit. Close quote. Just want to say thanks to at uh, Must CDC for sharing that video with me, and then also to uh, Andrew Thompson transcribing that for the site. But um, I mean, Will, that was. I mean, we've been saying a lot of the similar things about NXT UK for a while on this show, but that was uh, just hearing it come from him was absolutely hilarious. I thought. It was brilliant. Now that, that I, I want to say, if if, uh, if if Stokely ever was to do a stand-up comedy show in Germany up against a fan-organized bowling tournament, I would go to his stand-up show. I wouldn't go to the bowling bowling tournament. I wouldn't leave that comedian with hardly any crowd. I would go and see Stokely rather, uh, rather than go to the bowling. And I think most people who love British wrestling would. Um, that's just an aside. It's not a shot at anybody in particular. Maybe somebody who's involved in NXT creative right now. Right. I just, I just find Stokely really funny. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. What about you, Andy? What did you make of that when it came out? I mean, obviously, uh, I did want to ask you because obviously you're still watching NXT UK week to week. How is it going now that a lot of the bigger stars have left for uh, NXT 2.0? Well, I've got to say the last two weeks since the uh, NXT 2.0 guys have turned up, it it has been like the drizzling shits. Um, you've got basically NXT UK wrestlers who've been who've like wrestled, you know, a decade maybe, looking up to these, you know, wet behind the ears, six months in the business wrestlers like Von Wagner, like like they're all Colgan. Like, I can't believe he's come to Enfield to wrestle for us. <laughs> oh, it's it's been embarrassing. But, is uh, Miko Setamara not on there on the regular and stuff anymore? Then sorry, is uh, Miko Setamara not on there on the regular? Ah, now so Miko Setamara last week was against Isla Dawn in um, a thing called a World of Darkness match, oh, which God. was basically they put the mood lighting on purple. And, um, yeah, it was all like, you know. Oh, I, I thought what a darkness match was when they went to arenas and turn all, off all the upstage lights to hide all the empty seats. Yeah, that, that used to be the TNA tapings at the MAN arena, that. Uh, <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, nah, that 
it, there just seems to be a shift in like, you know, the style of writing or what directed they've been getting, like similar to the actual NXT 2.0 show. But thankfully this week I've, I've watched um, the old show while, while we've been recording and the, the, from a wrestling standpoint, it's a bit, bit better. Um mm. Dragon off's uh, beating Jordan Devlin, so Jordan Devlin's off to uh, somewhere, maybe maybe the states. But um, back to with the Bivins uh, thing, I found it was funny that um, he thanked like uh, the Creed brothers and he thanked um, Ivy Nile, but no mention of Roderick Strong. Mm. Thought, thought that were interesting. How uh, oh, they mustn't have got along if he's not in a. Not, not but, say goodbye to him. And Roddy Strong, you know, recently was in NXT as well, wasn't he? Yeah, well, there you go. Yeah, so clearly he looks like uh, that's what he was referencing. But yeah, I just, 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 to, uh, just on NXT UK and the uh, invasion of NXT 2.0, you know, I think I think a Japanese wrestler has held the UK, the NXT UK women's title for too long. We need, if we can't have a British woman win it, we need at least a European woman to win it and bring it back to, you know, to this side of the, you know, the Atlantic, this side of the Eurasian landmass. And who says European women's wrestling more than Akita Lions? There, there's a, there's a wrestler we can be <laughs> proud to represent as and women's wrestling on this side of the Atlantic. <laughs> Wild. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> Um, on to uh, Progress now and their uh, latest show, Hit the WWE Network, chapter 132 <laughs> and 133. Uh, we talked last month, you know, how they had to move these shows from the Electric Ballroom to the Dome in Tufnell Park due to um, poor ticket sales. And uh, the show is mainly centered around the tournament to crown the new Atlas Champion, a title they've reintroduced for wrestlers over £205 now. Originally, I was just going to talk to you guys about the uh, Atlas title tournament and, you know, Luke Jacobs winning and stuff. But after listening to Neil on the Euro Express podcast on Voices Wrestling, he recommended the main event of Chapter 132, which was a tag match for the titles between the champions 0121, Man Like Doris and Dan Maloney against some the team of Sunshine Machine of TK Cooper and Chuck Mambo. And crowd very very vocal throughout this match including uh dueling team name chance that outlasted it welcome and then some i don't know that thing just went on way 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 too long but i did enjoy the match lots of double teams flying around the ring not sure what happened midway through as you know dan maloney had to head to the back as Doris had to fend off mambo and tk maloney eventually came out to help Doris retain the titles uh i know messy spotty sort of like a mid sort of like 2000s indie tag match but i had a fair amount of fun watching it just switching my rain off and, and enjoying it but most impressive to me was man like Doris, who tons of charisma and pretty nifty in the ring um andy what did you reckon to this um to this main event tag match yeah so and uh, just on the chance in that it was very similar to um what happened in wxw like a few years ago bobby guns and um Bobby Gunn's an absolute Andy, like mm. a tag league where it went on for 20 minutes. And I know there were reports of like the Germans getting angry with the Europe, with the with the UK fans, like shut the like shut the fuck up, sort of thing. But yeah, no, the, the chanting just went on for too long. It and I think it's down to 
maybe Simon Miller just like interjecting. Like, I know it's a, a good thing to, to sort of go on for two or three minutes, but letting it go on for 10, it should take him to interject and just like, here are the contestants and what have you, and it instantly shuts the crowd up like that. Um, as in terms of the match, um, I think he ended up going about three and a half styles on on grapple. Uh, the the tag division in progress since its return to like live audiences probably want to have been the uh, probably been the highlights of the show with all one two on um, TK and Mambo and smoking aces like intertwining with each other. Um, yeah, no, very good match. I th- there was one spot, you know, which I felt were a bit contrived where um, Mambo were on TK's shoulders and I think Darice was on Maloney's shoulders and did like a Canadian destroyer spot. Now, yeah, that was a weird spot, that wasn't it? Yeah, so I've seen, uh, seen TK and Mambo do the same thing to Aussie Open at York Hall and both times it's it's gone a bit skew with. Um, mm. So it's probably when it comes off right, it's like wow, what a what a manoeuvre! But yeah, maybe just do it the odd time. I've, I've seen them do it two or three times now. Um, well, yeah, no, all in all, a good match. Like you said, Martin Derice, I, th- I think he's one of the most charismatic people on the actual on the actual scene, and it sort of helped like Dan Maloney along in progress because. I have fought in like red in red pro. He had been floundering a bit, whereas in in progress um, in his tag team with the race, he's uh, been one of the highlights of the show, definitely. Yeah, because Dan Maloney's got the look, hasn't he, and the sort of like you know intensity and stuff. But you know, when it comes to sort of like you know talking on the mic and stuff, you know, he's a bit lacking in that part. And and Derice more than makes up for that. Um, Will, what did you reckon to the match? Yeah, well, first of all, cannot no co-side enough and his dislike of the crowd because it was really obnoxious how long it went on for. And the thing as well is, is you could see from the camera angles that it was only a very small minority of the crowd doing the dueling chants. Um, like they were basically cosplaying as a hot crowd because you could just see a bunch of people sat down with stony faces waiting for the match to begin and, you know, Andy's absolutely right. It's on the wrestlers. It's on the ring announcer. You've got to cut this off. You can't milk this because it looked like I compared on Twitter to like the WCW Disney crowds. Yes, it's very loud, but it's clearly fans just being loud for the sake of it. They're not connecting with the wrestlers. They're not connecting with the scenario. They're just making noise for noise's sake. Mm. and it it probably put me in a bit of a bad mood for the match to be honest which was a shame because i was actually looking forward to this match i've seen the 0121 which of course is the birmingham telephone code uh quite a few times i um, always enjoy them i absolutely agree with both of you that Therese is really good you know he has he has grown in stature and in confidence over the past few years very much a wrestler that was hurt by when lockdown came because, you know, he'd literally just won the Fight Club Pro uh, tag titles, um, had been quite featured before, had become quite a featured performer in attack. So clearly, they were, be- you know, things were beginning to move for him. He was beginning to get a bit more buzz outside of the Midlands, outside of the smaller shows in the Midlands. Um, and I like the fact that Progress are using Malone- Maloney 
in a different way to RevPro. Because this is the thing I always come back to, for Progress and RevPro to work as premium products, they have to be presenting wrestlers differently to everyone else. Like, yes, it's a, it's a smaller scene. There's a smaller talent pool. No, they are going to have to use wrestlers being used in smaller shows, but you've got to try and use them differently. And mm. using them as the uh, as a tag team differentiates themselves. Um, in terms of the match, I wouldn't go as high as Andy. Uh, this is not something I say often about indie matches. I think this probably needed a bit more time, to be honest. I felt they were going for ep- epic, um, which makes sense because obviously this is the no progress versus refro tag champions it's no they're probably the two teams that are on the biggest hot streak in terms of domestic talent mm-hmm. um and they were trying to go epic they're trying to do a bit of brawling outside a bit of baby face in peril a bit of swapping power power moves a bit of heroic comeback from maloney and there just wasn't enough time for anything to congeal and for anything to make sense and for things to breathe. So if it just had a, a bit more time, it would have been a better match. But like as it was, perfectly enjoyable if you get past the obnoxious crowd and the obnoxious commentary. We'll come back to and come talk about the next day's uh, um, event. Um, but I'd be struggling to give it free. Um, it was probably... Two two stars, three quarters. Fun, very spotty. You can tell both teams are good. Both teams do come off to a certain extent as stars, but they have a better match in them in a better setting with a bit more time. All right, I I thought um, the timing on it was good because sometimes I feel like the especially the Aussie Open sort of like Red Pro matches can maybe go a bit too long. So I thought, yeah, the timing on this was. Um, was a, a lot more to my liking, but um, yeah, you just mentioned it there. The uh, next to the next night, um, because of course Luke Jacobs was crowned the new Atlas champion. Um, most notable from the two shows were his semi-final match against Warren Banks and his victory over Jonah in the final. Uh, a good match with Banks and a decent match with Jonah, which is what you would expect from these two hard-hitting, plenty of stiff offense. Uh, I mean, lots of problems with progress, Andy, that we'll get into in a minute, but giving Luke a title seems like a step in the right direction. Oh, yes, it's, uh, certainly. Well, he's, he's probably one of the ones who stands out who deserves a title in, in progress. I, w- I will say the um, the Warren Banks semi-final, I thought, stood out like, it stuck out like a sore thumb, like as, as quality-wise. Hmm. I went for the old Ben Hall special on, special on that, 3.75. Um <laughs> But no, but they just come across as like two people who like, I don't know why they've not stuck like, um, you know, especially like Warren Banks, why they've not, why they didn't stick the main belt on him. Because he looks someone who could, you know, carry a a title. Um, uh, Also not featured everywhere as well. You can build him up as your homegrown guy sort of thing, can't you? Yeah. If it, if it just feels feels fresh um, all over with Warren Banks. Um, they did that spot though in that match, and and same in the Jonah match. You know, where a wrestler gets chucked into the chairs and the fans are scarping every bloody match. Just get mm. just just changing up, please. I'm sick of <laughs> going on about it. Same. And it, and it's a lot less impressive when you only have two rows of chairs. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, exactly. And um, with with the with the Jonah match, I thought um, took took a bit of time to go in, but it, it did feel like the one of those matches, like the last five six minutes, it really got you know got into gear and mm. eventually Luke winning. I went quite lower on that, maybe about three and a quarter, but. It was good to see the reaction Luke got when he did win, and and I know his next opponent's um, Roy Johnson, in it. Um, mm. He's he's possibly showing as well that there's maybe a lack of big big guys, uh, you know, compared to when like the Atlas tournament first started off all those years ago. There were some, and that was that was all imports, weren't it? Like your Matt Riddles and your yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, there were just seemed to be a lot more back then than there actually is now. The style of worker what's around now is much, much smaller and athletic. Hey, you know who wasn't an import? Joseph Connors. There you go, could have, yeah. I no. totally forgot about that, in fact. <laughs> I mean, I, me. <laughs> I, um, yeah, I agree with Andy that the Warren Banks match was um, the highlight of, of, of Luke's three matches. Um, it was just wrestled at a much faster pace. It felt hard-hitting. Um, it felt more even. It's kind of what you want from a Luke Jacobs singles match. I do worry about what this Atlas reign is going to be because the big men they can get for him are going to be bigger than him because he's he's not really a heavyweight like he's he's kind of on the cusp you know he's he's he's, he's probably more like he's probably more accurately a big cruiserweight a big junior heavyweight he's in, in, an in-betweener isn't it yeah mm. um and and so i i didn't i really didn't like the jonah match not like it was it was fine in terms of you want to give it a star rating no three three and a quarter but like that's not a star making match for Luke. That that to me felt like Jonah. Will you put the local guy over? Okay, mm. but I'm gonna take four fifths of the match. And Jonah, my God, he's huge now, and not in a good way. Like I, you know, I I remember seeing him live before he went to WWE. He's always been a big guy, but he wasn't that big beforehand. And it does hurt the match. He isn't as athletic or as fast-paced as he used to be. And you just had Luke, who can have these great, you know, fast-paced, all-action, smash-mouth matches. You know, just having to to plod along and sell and work at this glacial pace to work around his opponent's obesity. Um, And yes, I know I'm throwing glass... Uh, I know I'm throwing rocks in a glass house, but I'm not presenting myself as a pro athlete. Um, um, so I did not enjoy the, jo- the, the Luke-Jonah match because I just didn't think it helped Luke. It sh- it, this is a match that should have been shorter. Luke should have had more of the offense and he should have been put over more uh, conclusively. If it had basically been the final stretch it would have been a good, useful match. Mm. But Luke just had to sell so much. And I actually thought the match he had with Big Demo the day before was a much better showcase mm. because that was him coming in. Yes, the big guy gets on offense a bit, but then Luke overwhelms him quite quickly and gets the very clear, definitive uh, victory. And I, I just hope progress with this Atlas reign. 
doesn't have Luke constantly selling for mm. guys bigger than him because that's not what people want. They want him to come in and beat up people and yeah. be impressive and be hard hitting. And Andy raised a really good point there, aren't they? It's like, who are they going to put him up against? You know, obviously you've got Roy Johnson there, you know, no doubt they'll go back to a big demo match and Warren Banks and people like that, you know, matches we've just seen. But it's like, yeah, it's going to be few and far between, isn't it, about people he's going to wrestle. So I don't know. I mean, people kind of got tired of the Atlas title or, you know, the last time around, didn't they, Andy? I mean, do you think this is the same thing's going to happen again? Oh, I, I, don't, I, I don't know. I don't know because they, they have got to like, you know, if they can't use like a world title match, they've got to have something to prop up, mm. prop up these cards and tours, what they're doing. Um, well, the, the reason, I think the reason they got shut of it last time because Walter basically beat beat everyone, didn't he? Yeah, and he uh, just, uh, he just like put it down and said, oh, it's over with now, didn't he? No, it came didn't back. lose it to anybody. It came back. It, it, it was when they did the unification with Trent. Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, memory's yeah, gone already. Did, yeah. Which I still maintain Trent should have won. That's when things went bad for progress. They didn't put Trent, <laughs> they didn't give the world title to Trent. That's it, that's it. All the problems uh, started there, <laughs> didn't they? <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. I'm not crazy, but it, they would have had a better 2019 if they'd have put the world title on Trent. Um um, well, next up for progress is chapter uh, 134, the headline by Jonathan Gresham and against Gene Money. They've got a four-way between Axel Tischer, Bobby Gunn, Jean Simmons and Maggot. Ricky Knight Jr. against Leon Slater. I mean, that should be a cracking match, that one. Leon, very young, but he's been pretty good from when I've seen him. And obviously, Ricky Knight Jr. in progress. So maybe, you know, be interesting to see what he does over there, but... There's a card as a whole. Uh, Will, are you going to be uh, getting one of these buy one, get one free tickets for this uh, next Progress show? Sadly, I am not a Progress Club member, so I'm, I'm not offered the bounty of buy one, get one free. But no, I um, I will not be uh, availing of that offer. Um, you know, we always talk about it, but it is very difficult to run monthly premium events in the UK with the talent roster as it is now. Um, and by difficult, I mean it's impossible. Mm. Um, you have to space things out. You have to give yourself time to reheat matches, build storylines. Progress's business model just doesn't work in this kind of depressed market. And you can see with the, um, the, the card they're presented. And, you know, Gresham G Money, I think that kind of is a, epitomizes the booking issues of new progress. It's they are in different ways. They are both wrestlers. They are pushing too hard because they overrated the importance of what Twitter likes. Um, Gene Money is no was before lockdown a funny comedy wrestler with something of a groundswell. I I don't think that's that's continued after lockdown after speaking out i just i just i just i just don't think there's the same buzz or momentum behind him um it's it wasn't clear whether his act was translated to progress anyway to be honest and gresham gresham's never been a draw in the uk why they've made him the centerpiece of their world title picture i don't know you know he was always 
Chris Brooks's sidekick in his UK appearances. You know, as much as I love Gresham, you know, there's no evidence he was ever a drawing card. And to me, that match has DQ victory for G Money all over it. Mm. So you can put him in 16, uh, super, uh, super strong style 16. Why would anybody want to watch that? Um, honestly, the, f- the only thing I'm interested in with Jonathan Gresham's title reign um, is the machinations of getting that title off him um, because I cannot, but I, I cannot imagine how complicated that is given his AEW contract and his status as Ring of Honor world champion. Unless Tony Khan goes, oh, it's only progress. No one's watching it anyway. Yeah, you can lose two. Hey, look, it's going to be on the WWE Network. He'll make sure. Mm, yeah. That, that <laughs> has triple threat. Somebody else takes the pin written all over yeah. it. That title, right? I, I, I will say, though, like, um, they've got Spike Trevay and um, your, your, your favourite, Will, Coronora. <laughs> <laughs> on the card, and that that is something that they they have built, like you know, during the like COVID times, and they 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 finally revisited it after a break of about a few months. But yeah, I think I think the feud's already been done in like resurgence and rip tied to a like to good effect. But so it's it's going to be good seeing our pro like the progress take on the feud, but. I watched one like a match on one of these chapter shows. It was Spike Trevay against Danny Black, and the setup was Danny Black pinning Spike Trevay clean after Spike Trevay got distracted by Car Noir on the stage. Like fucking WWE booking this. And I just, imagine. I just don't, I just don't think Spike has has his heart in a gimmick anymore. I think after everything that happened in the world. I don't. He doesn't. He doesn't seem like he's enjoying or comfortable where, where, playing where, playing where, that aristocratic character. Well, f- funnily enough, well, I've I've seen him at wrestling resurgence doing um, being a goodie, being a good guy, and as strange as it sounds, he he does it very well. Um, but I, I can I can see I can see your point about it, but. Yeah, because we all liked him in Riptide, didn't we? And he did those great video packages and stuff, and he just seemed like, you know, the biggest piece of shit ever and stuff, you know, as this sort of, like, Tory boy sort of thing. But, yeah, <laughs> just seems to have sort of, like, faded away. Now nah, things have come back, doesn't it, Will? Yeah, it just... Yeah, it, it, it. I mean, this was true during the COVID era as well. It just doesn't feel like he wants to push those buttons. And, like, and, and he might be right, because those buttons, you know, you know... Hundreds of thousands of people have died um, on on a toy government's watch. Watch, so maybe it's not mm. fun escapism to have a Tory wrestler be the guy you go to boo. Um, but like to me, he doesn't seem as fun or captivating a character. And like, you no, know, I saw him. You know, he, like I remember doing an article about world of sport wrestling for FSM. Well, and I and I said that I meant it, and I meant and I still mean it in terms of looking back at 2019, that uh, 2018 even, that um, Spike Trevay should have been on those shows because I think the kind of mainstream audience, the kind of fire Spike was bringing to his performances back then, would have really engaged him now, whereas now he feels much more generic wrestler, which I think talks around this point that his storylines feel much more generic than they once did. 
Um, but to be fair, he's never quite got the balance right in progress. He's never been himself um, in progress, sadly. Yeah, do not resuscitate, weren't it? Oh, yeah. That Terrible film. name, yeah. <laughs> and, and the thing is, like, when that was going to get good was when, the, was when lockdown came, because I, I do think him and Pretty Deadly mm. could have been a good act because they would have been, you know, they would have been the guys you hated to be around at uni. Mm. Which yeah. would, I think would have been perfect. But also yeah. Pretty Deadly got signed to NXT UK after uh, having about three matches in progress, didn't they? Yeah. Yep. Um, you mentioned it there, Super Strong Style 16. That's coming up soon. That's usually usually the premiere weekend in the progress calendar. Um, announced so far for the tournament, we've got Shane Strickland, Warren Banks, Chris Ridgway, Big Damo, Ricky Shane Page, Kid Lycos, Malik, one member of CPF, <laughs> and then properly G-Money. I mean... Got to say, even in this landscape that we've been talking about, how barren it is, I mean, that's underwhelming, to put it. I mean, I like Warren Banks and the fact that he's getting stuff in progress, but compared to years gone by, I mean, it's not looking the best lineup, really, is it, Andy? No, um, I would say very underwhelming. Um, Needs needs imports now. Um, Three days of the ballroom. Try and sell that bugger out. Three days running over bank holiday weekend. Mm. Mm. It, yeah, it's uh, not looking it, very promising, is it? They would have done it ages ago. I think we've said that until we're blue in our face, but <laughs> mm, it, it, it's looking like they're getting that, that Photoshop file up again and uh, putting Tufnell Park back in. You have to remember, like, the last Super Strong Style, which, you know, which was, this was, you know, this was after the rot had well set in for progress did over a thousand yeah that three nights that would be ali pally in 2019 that that was the one um david 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 star one yeah um and 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 you look at this now where they're like no they have not sold out um um electric ballroom even though we are weeks away we're not a month away we're weeks away because it's it, obviously it's the first week of June. Um, it's the uh, Queen's Jubilee weekend, isn't it? So yeah, yeah it's bank holiday as well. So I, I I don't know. Like yeah, no, they this is going to be a struggle. I mean, I'd be very interested to see who those extra eight people are. Um, you gotta think one of the things about imports is the fewer tickets they sell, the smaller their budget becomes for for imports. So, you know, whatever plans they may have had, those plans may be rapidly downsized and as they cut their cloth accordingly. And one of the things I do worry with progress is, as we all know from having seen shows over the years, is it's one thing to get an import over to the UK. Getting them to actually put a performance in is another mm. question. Yeah. And I do worry if progress keeps bringing people over for these um, you know, nothing crowds on shows that don't gain traction on VOD. Are we just going to get people come in and half-ass it? And, you know, again, don't want to rag on Gresham. It sounds like I don't like Gresham. I do like Gresham. You know, I, you know, I, I went to a pro wrestling Why do you soul hate take. Jonathan Gresham? I, 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 <laughs> I went to pro wrestling soul to go and see Jonathan Gresham when he, uh, gets there against somebody who will no longer be named. But, um, I, no, I felt Gresham's performances in progress have been very one-paced. 
and he's not been bringing his A game. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that makes me nervous because even if they even if they manage to pull out a good name, um, are they going to actually be up for it? And the other thing as well is, is like that 2019 Super Strong style wasn't brilliant in terms of the tournament, although it did end with an amazing match. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a very good weekend because they had. Um, they had fun stuff afterwards. So they had... Oh, Kaiju Big Battle. They had Kaiju Big Battle. And did they do the... Um, they did another show after. They did the uh, kind of time warp show, didn't they, or something? Yeah, yeah. I think I think this... Um, I think Kuzic's running um, Strong Style Weekend. Good wrestling. It's, uh, re- uh, uh, running a show somewhere in London. But no. progress aren't doing anything, and progress and like, not doing anything. Or 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 um, or TNT. I know good good wrestling. I think are running something that weekend. But that's that's the other thing as well because it's like it's one thing to go over when it's like no, we're going to entertain you if you buy your festival ticket. We're going to entertain you for the three days. Yeah, if you're, if like you're... The, I remember the first time I went to the Super Strong Style Weekend, like the first two. Like the first, the first one they did like a Q and A at the Holiday Inn, mm. which was a good thing for two hours, and then um, the year after they did um, that bloody bingo thing. <laughs> that that, oh, that, yeah. that, were actually, that were actually a lot, a lot of fun. That, but yeah, but, they did they did like a disco, didn't they? As well, one 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 year as well. Yeah, but like if it's like no, we're going to turf you out at eight o'clock, nine o'clock, entertain yourselves. Again, not to talk about money, but like the tickets expensive, the hotels are expensive, and you're gonna have to find something else to entertain yourself in London on a on a bank holiday weekend. It's like, oh, this this all starts to add up. So seven so, so a... with the pint in uh, the world's end. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Um yeah, there's nowhere cheap round Camden, is there? Um <laughs> But and it's a shame as, because as far as other people on the show, though, I mean, uh, Red Pro have got Ninja Mac and Tony Deppen over on May the twenty eighth in Stevenage, aren't they? So there's a possibility they could uh, be on Super Strong style. But uh, you know, are they that big a, a draw to drawing people into the ballroom? I mean, it'll be interesting. You know, certainly changes it up, and you know, they're good wrestlers and everything. But are they that big a name to bring a load of people in? Do you think Rev Pro and Progress would cooperate in the visa at the moment? Mm, I'm not sure. Not. I'm not sure they would. No, that's true. Yeah, I mean, I might be so wrong. Maybe maybe, exclusive. Yeah, maybe maybe that maybe they're friendly now, but it's been a while since I've cooperated on the import. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, not I've not put that into consideration, but um. I mean, so they've got this tour coming up after the summer and then obviously Super Strong Style 16. Obviously, Will, you did a big article about progress. I'm sorry, you know, don't go fully into the article. But I mean, do you think, I mean, these are businessmen that are running it rather than sort of like, do you think they're going to cut their losses if this continues, this trend of them, you know, not the show is not selling that great, having to move venues, et cetera, et cetera? I honestly don't know because, I mean... the big question we just don't know the answer to is how much they, they bought progress for. And this is why I am the one lone person saying it's not as simple as moving from the ballroom. Because when you buy a company, 
you kind of model what you expect that company to make for you. Um, and then, you know, you that kind of informs your purchase price. So if they built a model to say, we are going to get 600 people, 700 people into the ballroom every month, because that's what they were able to do back in 2019. Um they have to do that, otherwise they are losing money on the deal. You know, it's not like Andy Q who can go, well, if I if I run a small town and I make a I make a profit, I've made a profit. They've got this massive debt that they've paid, this massive amount of money that they have paid John Briley to buy the company to kind of clear. And you know, said this to you both. You know, I didn't think they'd be able to do it. I think John Bridie had played a blinder. Um, I worry about their strategy. Um, they seem they seem to be panicking and trying to add more dates on mm-hmm. to mitigate for the fact that the dates they have had are underperforming. And the problem is, if you're going to rebuild progress and get it back to where it it was. You've got to make a destination promotion again. You've got to make it one where you know we all want to go to. That we're like, oh my god, this looks so cool. We have to be a part of it, and other people feel that as well. And this, you know, the reality is, progress never, never was never able to make it work running outside of London and Manchester. They never made Birmingham work properly, bizarrely, given how much West Midlands talent they were booking. They certainly didn't make Sheffield work, let alone In terms Cardiff. of making it work, what do you mean? Because, I mean, Sheffield, they used to pretty much like pack that place out every time they came. Sheffield was sold out, yeah. Mm. In terms of build, putting on a good show, making it feel like a, a strong product, making that seem strong on the VOD, those Sheffield, Newcastle, Cardiff, Borthman shows always seem second rate ah, compared yeah. to the ballroom and the OT and the OT Ritz, O2 Ritz. They they were the two venues, along with the big shows they did in London, that felt like progress. Everywhere else, progress rent. It felt like they were watering down the brand to make a quick book. If you if you're at the moment where progress feels as weak, as cold as it's ever been, and you're taking it out of its heartlands, out of its hotbeds, you're just going to make the problem worse. Mm. So I, I I have real fear for that uh, for that um, that tour because I think we're going to get a lot of bad cards that feel very Mickey Mouse. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what they do come up with for that tour. Um, yeah, whether we are just going to get, like, thrown together stuff that really uninspired or whether, you know, they're going to do something more. But, it's yeah, it's going to be a, a wait and see on that one. But, um, I mean, mentioned them earlier, Red Pro. Um, I mean, they're returning to York Hall on May the 22nd. Sold out or virtually sold out. I think they just released some more floor seats this past week. Uh, Will Ospreay against Minoru Suzuki. Jeff Cobb against Ricky Knight Jr. 
tag team partners facing off for the Cruiserweight Championship. Michael Oku taking on Connor Mills. Alex Windsor against Kylie Ray. Luke Jacobs against Robbie X. Aussie Open against the Velocities. I mean, stacked card. I mean, and Andy, that looked to have been mostly sold off just the main event. But I mean, they've added all these other matches onto it as well. Yeah, I mean, I bought my ticket straight away after um, Aussie Open and the Velocities were announced. That, like, as soon as that was announced, I like bought my tickets, and obviously Suzuki and Osprey. And when like the other four matches were announced this week, it's like bloody hell, there's not. Thankfully, there's not going to be any time to go and get a beer, <laughs> despite <laughs> one thousand two hundred people that's going to be in a queue for a beer. Uh, but yeah, no, it, look, it looks outstanding. I mean, even like Alex Windsor and Kylie Ray, it's something fresh even though Alex Windsor has been in a few with like Rhea O'Reilly and you thought oh that's maybe the match they go down because Rhea missed um, the Sheffield show but it, Kylie, Ray, Kylie Ray must have become available and it's you know a very good match on paper Luke Jacobs and Robbie X I can guess that might be the opener to the show That that's that's probably a main event on even a progress show to be honest nowadays um Aussie opening the velocities, that'll be your half-time thing. Or maybe Oku and Mills. Oku and Mills, they've built and built. And just, you know, interesting to see how that all, all comes off. Um, yeah, they might add maybe another match, who knows. I think maybe looking like TK and Mambo against Yolta and Shota, if they want to add another match on. But mm. yeah, on, on paper, what a card. And no, good, good on them for... Um, like near enough selling it out and it just shows like the the good work that and we've said this many a time what red pro have put in to um building building these matches that people actually want to go to your call as a destination event um, and yeah certainly i will be there for the for the show you actually i think you actually missed a match off which is rkj versus chef cobb Ah, yeah, RKJ. Now I said, now I said that. <laughs> oh, did you say that? Friend, I didn't Suzuki, hear. Yeah. yeah. Um, which I think just shows you, um, you know, a- Andy Q is not messing around, you know, like, you know, progress brings a pistol, he brings a bazooka because, you know, he could have, like like Andy was saying, he could have gone easy. Um, they could have um, just had a, a fairly mere undercard. But this is a real show of strength, presumably with one eye of trying to send out your call twice in August mm. with the weekender. Um, I have not got my ticket yet. If there's a balcony ticket free, I'd have bought it already. I am getting more and more tempted to get one of those uh, remaining floor seats and uh, finally get around to making my return to your call because, look, you know, at the end of the day, your call. They had one misstep with your call since they came back, which was the November show, um, which wasn't the strongest card. But, you know, it was still a decent card, still a decent event, you know, uh, relative to what was presented ahead of time. But the September show was great. The February show was one of the best shows I've ever done. Um, if, you, if you branch out a bit wider to think of super shows, the show they did in, uh, in the uh, Victoria Warehouse uh, back in August was exceptional. Um, you know, they 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 earned the trust that if you come to a a a Rev Pro show, 
a big Rev Pro show. They're going to put on something pretty incredible, even in these reduced circumstances for BritRes. And, you know, Osprey Suzuki, that's a big match. You know, that's, you know, that's, that's going to be a match that's going to be a New Japan World. This is a match that's going to be a New Japan Canon. Um, you know, we're going to get work in Suzuki for that reason. And I'm, I have no doubt it's going to be excellent. You know, their G1 match. Oh, my God. You know, Andy was talking about me doing a dad talk about the WWE <laughs> show. I am now talking myself in to buy my ticket after this, after I finish doing this <laughs> podcast. But, yeah, no, it's going to be awesome. And, and like, there's really clever matchmaking. Like, like Aussie Open, um, putting Aussie Open against Velocities. You know, that isn't something that will sell tickets as a main event. But as a little, little bit of sugar to make the medicine go down, a little, a little bit extra. If you're on the fence, that is just perfectly pitched to that hardcore fan. Um, no, just played an absolute blinder. And again, like like Andy was saying, like things like getting Kaylee Ray in for the women's title match. Or even Kylie, Kylie Ray, Kylie Ray. I always <laughs> made that mistake. I always made that mistake. Um, um, she's not even Kaylee Ray anymore, is she? Um, no, she's named after Alex Salmon's party. Um, <laughs> but um, you know, that's exactly the type of thing to um, just add some star power to proceedings. And like, and look, look it's not just imports as well. Like Luke Jacobs, Robbie X. Like mm. again, we were talking about the Atlas title, and you know, no good, no good on Luke Jacobs again. That title is there any match progress can do. That will be better than Luke Jacobs going up against Robbie X. Mm. I don't think so. And also uh, with the uh, Oku and Mills as well, because I can do know they have been uh, bubbling that under for a while, and they've not even done. This isn't the like this you know the it was just it, yeah it was it was just a uh, you know well let's you know we've tagged so long you know let's see who's the better man in a singles match. It wasn't even like you know the big so they're obviously building that up for more stuff. And then you know with those. Uh, two dates in August, you know, they've still got Osprey Oku 3 in the back pocket for that, maybe let some New Japan names in there, you know, you've got another, you know, um, looking like a, a stacked card coming up there, and you know, obviously Red Pro aren't perfect, but I mean, compared to progress, it's just night and day, isn't it? Yeah, I, I think um, with um, the August shows, uh, one of the stipulations of the RKJ match is if RKJ wins, it gets a match with Osprey at the, uh, I think it's at that August show, so, I wonder if they do it where RKJ and Oku get um, shots. That would be good, wouldn't it? Mm, yep. <laughs> I mean, yeah, because I mean, you're even forgetting that uh, Ricky Knight Jr. and Osprey had that great match as well at your call, didn't they? So, I mean, I mean, I mean, plenty they can get the teeth into. I mean, this is the thing like Andy Q has his weaknesses as a booker, he absolutely does, but logic is not one of them. Um, and actually, sometimes he oh, he almost leans too much on his logical abilities. And the way he has shuffled what is a limited roster, like, it, 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 no, it has a very strong upper tier, but that upper tier is not as deep as you'd like it to be. But the way he manages to shuffle his pack to ensure that he's still giving these fresh um, Your Call lineups has been really impressive. Like, it, no, he had the one misfire in November, 
But other than November, he's he's done really well in actually juggling all these different people and making sure things feel and look fresh. Yeah, definitely. Well, um, we noted it at the start of the show. Uh, me and Andy did add to their return to Sheffield on the 1st of May for uh, Unfinished Business at a, a new venue for them in the City Network, which was uh, formerly called Plug Nightclub. Uh, what Culture and Defiant used to run there back in the day, say back in the day, it was probably only about three years ago. Um, it's a new venue than the Corp and seems, I think, better kitted out for wrestling. Um, it was originally supposed to have the United Empire Will Ospreay and Aussie Open on, but they had to pull out. Tickets were 27 quid. And while I had a good time at the show, I've got to say that's a very steep side for a smaller show like this. I think, uh, Andy, a lot of people were put off coming because of the price, weren't they? I mean, how would you? How many people would you say were in there in total? Um, I'd say about ton 50, ton 70, uh, uh, you know, like a, a good guesstimate. Generally, the crowds in Sheffield for the record... Never been that great anyway, have they? Well, no, they, they, were never, ne- they were never that great, but the last couple I've been to, um, the one at the court where they did like the evening show, which we were at, and uh, this one at Network, I think um, the crowd, the crowds have um, gone up, a, gone up a bit, mm. which is um, which is a good thing to see. Um, the actual venue, um, it's it's very much like I think our Jeff said it's a bit like a nin- a dingy nightclub, but mm. from an aesthetic point of view, it's much better for for Rev Pro as in terms of video screens and. Um, sound sound and that compared to corporation where it's just basically a big white curtain across um, a warehouse yeah. <laughs> and a blown out speaker <laughs> and a blown out speaker yeah um but I, th- I thought as a venue it was it was good and um it's just one of them you hope that they come more than like once or twice a year i think it's the general like south side sort of thing and it come in march or april and then yeah and in November for another Sheffield Street fight. Yeah, but there's always a Sheffield Street fight on there. Um, but from top to bottom, you know, not going to say, you know, chase this one out when it hits VOD. Uh, I don't know quite what's happening with Red Pro's VOD. They seem to be, did they say they're going to be moving away from Pivot Show? Seems to be going to make some announcement about this. But I mean, for a live experience, I had fun all the way through. There wasn't sort of like a, a dull moment in there. You know, I was enjoying everything. There wasn't a bit where I was like, oh, I'm going to start looking at my phone or anything like that. Um, I mean, it's started off with Sunshine Machine against Pure Beef, which was Blake and Will Cruz. I mean, and that double cannonball with, um, is it Blake on Cruz's shoulder into the corner? I mean, that looks absolutely spectacular, doesn't it, Andy? Yeah. Um, Cruz usually does that, um, like, as just in, like, a singles match, get his opponent on his shoulders and, like, cannonballs them and DVDs them into the corner. But to see him do that with Blake, I like, God, no chance I'd be taking that manoeuvre on the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that ring, that ring was, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. A bit loose um, after that, weren't it? Oh yeah, certainly. But uh, no, that was a good match. There was the second match, which was I think Alex Windsor versus Maya Matthews. Now this was supposed to be a uh, Rhea O'Reilly, but she pulled out. I think it was due to like COVID and what have you. But now that Maya Matthews, who's like a trainee from the uh, the Portsmouth School, I thought she like this was a second only match, and mm. she was she was outstanding, wasn't she, Martin? 
Yeah, I thought she I, I thought she was really, really good. Yeah, to say like you say, for the, the inexperience and stuff, I thought she really impressed everybody. I know a lot of people are saying like good things about it. You know, obviously still there's there's a long, long way to go, but say, you know, your second sort of like pro match coming out there. Um and yeah, I I thought she did really well in that. But um other than sort of like that match, I thought Yota Suji against Connor Mills was good. Robbie yeah, X that and was Lee really Hunter. Good. That yeah, was really good. Had a, had a cracking match, didn't they? Um, obviously, we got the Sheffield Street fight between Ricky Knight Jr. and Dan Maloney, which was no DQ match. They just like sort of brawled all over, you know, got their thumbtacks out and stuff like that. And so I sent everyone home happy with Michael Oka against Shota um, which was, you know, um, I always enjoy seeing Oka, you know, Shota. I know he said it on this show a few times, you know, not quite there for me, especially when you consider Yota Suji, you know, has has been a much better in terms of like um the the import coming over from Japan. But yeah. And as well, Martin is good at game shows as well as Yota Suji. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I couldn't believe that, especially when so obviously for anyone unaware, there's this um sort of like Saturday night game show, um, was it called In for a Penny, where basically the host yeah. Steve Mulhern goes around a town that is usually down south, like a Plymouth or a Portsmouth or something, and gets people to either answer questions or do wacky games and stuff for money. And uh, yeah, on the show this past Saturday, there was a, a Mr. Andy Quilden and Yota Suji, and apparently it had According to Andy Q, Yota Suji had only been in the country like a week or something, and they were just picking up sort of like his visa papers and that. And they had him, he had the cards on his hand as Andy Q's trying to explain to him, you know, trying to get him to guess Madonna and stuff without saying the person's name. And it turns out Yota Suji knew Jedward was. Because I was thinking when they were showing the other contestants, I was like, well, Yota Suji's not going to know who Ant and Deck are, who half of these people are, even if he's, you know, doing the best explanations ever. But then when they saw him, you know, when he's thirty pounds for uh, guessing Jedward correctly, it was absolutely hilarious, wasn't it? That's a meal at Nando's for him, and as yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, TK Cooper said, he became a thirty quidelionaire, uh, which I quite liked. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I, um, I think I liked Andy Quilden. He made a joke about it on Twitter, but you know, he's annoyed about it that he didn't have Rev Pro merch on. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, you know, my God, you know, the 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 free publicity he'd have gotten, we'd had a nice big Rev Pro logo on his T-shirt. Oh, yeah, definitely. Oh, well. well, he said it was, like, the one week of the year that he wasn't wearing a Rev Pro T-shirt. So, yeah, I mean, that's a lot of that. But back to the Sheffield <laughs> show, yeah, all in all, enjoyable show. Like I said, nothing sort of like, you know, you'd go crazy about. But, yeah, really, really enjoyable day. And, um like you say, Andy, I hope they um, sort of like come back to Sheffield um, a bit more often. Because, like you say, it's only a couple of times a year. But for me, uh, being completely selfish, being on my doorstep, that'd be absolutely fantastic. But yeah. I mean, after that show, they did announce that they are running the Great British Tag League again this year. Teams for that are Sunshine Machine, Lycos Gym, Arrows of Hungary, Aussie Open, Smoking Aces, Legion. Destination Anywhere and Velocity. So it looks like Velocities are going to be sticking around for a while after that York Call show. Tournament kicks off at their show in Stevenage on the 28th of May with Aussie opening against Smoking Aces. Also on that show, they've got Ninja Mac and Tony Deppin, which are two interesting imports. Um, thoughts on the Tag League, Will? Because obviously they premiered this last year, didn't they? As they were sort of like, you know, as we were sort of coming out of lockdown and, and they were still doing the... Um, the sort of like no crowd shows and stuff like that. I mean, for me, it wasn't that memorable last year. I mean, are you looking forward to the uh, the second incarnation of it this year? 
honestly, I think one of the issues RevPro has is with these small town shows is not burning through storylines that they could use more productively on the what are now the 229 shows in London or the Your Call shows. So anything that just kills time whilst giving good lineups is good. And the tank division has been a strength due to the strong elite tier. So having a way of kind of building no deepening the bench, getting other teams over is good. And you know, and and the it didn't kind of go viral, but there were a lot of bangers in the tournament last year. Like there was a big, I'm pretty sure the big destination any um anywhere um Young Guns were Young Guns match yeah. was in was in the tournament last year. So I think it's a good idea to run. I think getting the velocities in um is 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 shrewd. Um, you would have to assume that the velocities are uh, velocities of the open are probably likely to contest the final. Maybe the velocities get a shock victory over Aussie Open at your call. Then the Aussie Open can get their win back um, against them um, in the final, or vice versa. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think it's a good idea. Kind of what we were talking about a bit earlier. Given the fact that Dan Maloney is a featured player in Rev Pro and you're going to have these tag team dominated cards, it is a surprise they don't call on um, a man like Derez just, just to give Maloney something to do um, during this, uh, this tournament. Because I think they would be, no, they would be a welcome addition. And, you know, let's face it, the Legion. It's never really kicked on after they lost Great O'Conn. It's, 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 it's been a bit of a, of a flat note, despite Gideon's best efforts. But uh, yeah, no, it'll be fine. Yeah, they did seem to be sort of like on these small shows. It seemed to be a whole thing with, um, especially on the Sheffield show, weren't it, Andy? It seemed to be this whole thing with uh, Ricky Knight Jr., Dan Maloney, and then uh, Lee Hunter as well, weren't it? They all seemed to be feuding with each other, didn't they? And I think they've been carrying that on on the on the London shows as well. Yeah, but certainly, um, you know, something interesting to keep them tidying over till the sort of like August Your Call show for certain. But um, sticking with Aussie Open, because they finally debuted for New Japan, sort of, because obviously they've appeared on New Japan Strong on the Mutiny show and then the Windy City Riot um, seem to be following Osprey around. I mean, Andy, do you think this is finally, finally, after we've been talking about it for so many years, finally going to get them, you know, wrestling in Japan? Um, after all this, seems like we've been talking about it for about three, three or four years now. Yeah, isn't it? I mean, the co- I think the COVID pandemic sort of like yeah. put paid to that, well, didn't it? But you know, it seems for all intents well, and purposes, well, just, you know, not just that, but um, Mark breaking his leg, yeah, because they were going to be in the 2019 World Tag League. Yeah, I, I was going to say every World Tag League, it's like, oh, Aussie Open's time, and it come round to like the teams being announced, and oh, they're not there. But no, nah, they're getting the foot in the door in uh, New Japan Strong now, which uh, yeah, yeah, good, good on them. Um, you can see them doing, you know, more indie dates around America. I know they were um, put putting like tweets out like we've got these dates free in America, so. Lots of they'll be getting more bookings over there. I know they were doing PWG. Yeah, they are doing PWG. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, good on them. And it, 
I suppose it as well. It is a good thing that they are still going to be doing dates over over here because, to be honest, them them and like Osprey are like the big the big attractions. So when they do come over, they still feel fresh um, as an act um, and not not so worn out by doing every 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 show. It's interesting. I um so there was a, there was a big theory that they'd stay in Australia because that's a better base to go to Japan. Mm. And I was looking into it. Apparently, Australia to Japan flights are basically as long from the UK to Japan. Mm. It's weird how your perception of the world is distorted. Mm. Um, and Australia is really far away from everywhere else. Um, I think one thing we're talking about, the, the Aussie Open and the delay getting them into New Japan proper, which, you know, no offense to the US shows, but it's not New Japan proper until it's in America, sorry, in, in Japan. So hopefully they actually get to go over to Japan at some point if, you know, assuming Koto Ibushi doesn't bring the whole promotion down around his ankles. Mm-hmm. Um, the, um, the, the Super Junior tournament was also an interesting field in the sense of Oku, RKJ, you know, even Luke Jacobs, you know, these have all been guys killing it in Rev Pro. You might have thought one of them would have gotten into the field, given that, that there is this push to get more international talent um, in the field as Japan opens up after COVID. And it's one of these things that's, that's interesting to ponder is, you know, is... Now, is that because New Japan's not interested? Or did Andy Crowden say, well, actually, no, these date, dates don't work for me. I've got big shows. I can't spare the talent. Mm. Because, you know, I know given given the people they have put in those in those brackets, I, I am certainly surprised that there isn't like an Oku in that tournament because you I think he's ready. Yeah, I think he's ready for it as well. But like you say, you know, I think He'd be a big miss for Red Pro, wouldn't he? Because he's, you know, been doing a lot for the for all of their shows, hasn't he? So he'd be a big miss for them. But then, you know, from a, a personal point of view, I'm I imagine he'd be absolutely loving being over there in the Super Junior tournament. So yeah, it's a shame not to see sort of like a Red Pro, a Red Pro guy in there, especially when they're using so many different people then this year. So yeah, shame to see that. But speaking also of people heading to Japan, uh, Chris Ridgway returned to Noah winning the GHC Junior Tag Belts with his uh, Stinger Stalemate Yoshinari Ogawa. Um, I mean, Ridgway's been over to Japan a couple of times, aren't he, Will, and sort of like come back over to the UK. Do you think he's in for the long haul this time? Um, it's neat. I mean, for me, it's never quite clicked with him and obviously not a big watcher of, of Noah, but do you think, um, you know, this is him in Noah sort of like quite a lot now? Um, I'm pretty sure it's not. I think he's actually been announced for some Indies, British Indies in June or July. Mm. So I I think it is a flying visit. I think the big thing with this is he did, you know, know, obviously Chris Ridgway has been open about suffering from mental health issues. He did have, you know, something happened in his last visit to uh, Japan where he missed several dates and then came home. And I think the fear was always, you know, Japan 
Japanese wrestling isn't the most enlightened scene when it comes to things like mental health, as you know, the whole mess Gabriel kids got gotten into attests to. So I think the fear I always had was would he be welcome back after missing shows? So I think mm. the fact that he has just been rebooked and been given a title um, it is a welcome sign for Chris Ridge Ray that this connection he had built with Noah um, can, you know, has been resurrected. He is going to be in their plans. Um I'm sure if they gave him the chance, he'd move over permanently. Um, I think it's it, it's a question of um, what investment they're willing to make into him. And we should say, look, you know, Noah is part of the broader kind of uh, c- cyber fight universe. And uh, Chris Brooks is still over there showing no inclination to uh, come back after o- after over two years wrestling in for DDT full-time, elsewhere in Big Japan. Drew Parker's now been there for, what, two years? Two and a mm. half years? So, you know, there he's is... coming back to the UK soon, isn't he? I'm sure he's booked on a yeah, TNT t- show. T- oh, is he? TNT, yeah. But the, uh, you know, the scope to kind of move over to Japan permanently is there if you want it. So mm. it'll be interesting to see what happens. What about you, uh, Andy? What do you think? Uh, how do you think Ridgeway is going to fare in Noah this time around? Um, I think it just gives him a fresh cold to paint, really. Mm. Uh, because, uh, like, since the um, UK scene's come back over the last like, six months, there's one person who's been on every poster around the UK, and it's Chris Ridgeway. And he just, like, he's done it. It feels like he's done everything when he, he don't feel like he has. You, you know mm. what I mean? He's he's just been against everyone, and yeah, there's only so there's only so many, yeah, three three and a half star Chris Ridgeway matches you can see over uh, over here. I think over uh, like last time in Noah, he sort of imp- it, it, like improved, and yeah, probably doing well, like going over to Noah for maybe a year or two. And um, mm. you know, making a name for himself out there, like uh, like Brooks has done, and Patel and Drew Parker. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, def- yeah, I definitely agree with what you're saying there. I think it. Yeah, like you say, you know, there's only so many times you can match him up against Gresham and the likes of that. Yeah, and so yeah, it might be a break from the UK scene would do him good. But um, just a new story that dropped today was a uh, BT Sport, which is obviously the home of WWE over in the UK, um, announced today that they've signed a deal with Warner Brothers Discovery. You know, basically meaning that BT Store, BT Sport rather, will become wholly owned by Warner, with BT retaining voting rights in the tie-up. But BT have got a lot of sports rights over here, including you know select Premier League games. We've got the Champions League football, but of interest to us, will is whatever deal they've got with WWE. I mean, no details on how long or how much it's for, but BT, uh, Raw and SmackDown Live and of the pay-per-views as well. I mean, anything of interest here or is it a, a wait and see? Because obviously Warner Brothers and AEW and stuff like that, do you think that it's going to have any effect on the WWE-BT sport deal? Um, Too soon to say. I mean, the, the key thing is, is so... BT Sport being up for sale has been known for a while. Mm. Um, there's all sorts it of things. that we're going to buy them at one yeah, point. Yeah, zone yeah. was at one point sniffing around as well. And there's been things about how you know, their studios 
you know, the lease was only going up to a certain point. There were break clauses in, in a lot of deals around about this time. So the fact that they were looking to sell was known. Um, the, the way the deal works actually is BT Sport will still own. Basically, what's going to happen is, is BT Sport is being spun off into a new entity in, that also includes Eurosport. And BT Sport will receive an amount of money for um, give, basically giving BT Sport to this new entity. But they will retain roughly 50% of the ownership of this new entity. But Warner Brothers Discovery, or Discovery Warner Brothers, whichever around it is, has an option to buy out BT if they want to uh, for like a, for a prearranged price. So at, so at some point, if Warner Brothers Discovery want to, they will own this new BT Sport, Eurosport combined entity. Um, as we can see in America, what, what uh, Discovery is doing since they've merged with Warner Brothers is they're looking to cut costs um, mm-hmm. to get uh, Warner Brothers back onto stable ground. One of the most mind-blowing things I've heard of wrestling audio in a while was Dave Meltzer saying that unlike Peacock, uh, uh, Warner Brothers, HBO Max, haven't overspended on content. Guys, they literally destroyed a company with HBO Max. That's why it was sold, because they put all these hundreds of millions of dollars films onto an onto a streaming mm. service where they couldn't recoup the cost. You know, it is one of the most catastrophic business decisions we have ever seen. And it has lost many people their jobs. Um, in terms of what it means for WWE, um, look, it's a, it, no, in the UK for WWE, it's the same as AEW in the US. It's not a good, it's not a good sign if the broadcaster that broadcasts your show is going on a frenzied cost-cutting exercise. That is a bad sign because you don't know whether you're going to be one of the things they're going to decide they can do without and cut costs. Now, it has to be said for WWE, presumably they'll be fine because they'll be able to shop it around elsewhere. No, M- no Sky-, Sky is trying to launch Peacock. Sky slash NBC are trying to launch Peacock. There'd be a natural tie-in there. Who knows? In terms of what it means... Do you think me... Sky would be interested again, though? Because it struck me that they were really fucked off with it. They'd signed that new deal that included all the pay-per-views um, last time around, and then WWE launched the network about a month later. Yes, but Sky is trying to launch Peacock. Mm. So if you're trying to bring over the Peacock app, and you know in America you have the WWE content ready to go, the temptation to sign a deal with WWE. So we have to use Peacock like the Americans. Mm. I, I could see that played into it. In terms of what it means for AEW, it means nothing. Because, and I learned this um, to my surprise, when uh, UFC went to Fox in America in, the, uh, in, in 2011, what, what a multimedia conglomerate does in one market means very little for what they do in another market. UFC going to Fox in America meant nothing to what Sky Sports back when they were owned by the Murdochs 
I mean, nothing to what Sky Sports thought about the UFC. They kept being disinterested um, by and large. So to me, the most likely thing is if there's going to be a big, big uh, repercussion for this for wrestling, it will be WWE maybe cuts as part of cost cutting. Um, it is, again, a lot. If I was WWE, I'd be alarmed that in the news articles I've read about this deal, nobody mentions WWE no. as one of the key properties. That comes from the press release. That means the press release announcing the deal doesn't highlight WWE as one of the key properties. Um, but for eight, no, it, it does not make it more likely that the new conglomerate will will pick up AEW. Um, a because I a because it it just doesn't. That's not the way these things work. B I think Tony Khan's quite happy being an ITV. Mm. Yeah, we still, we don't know the details of that deal. It seems that ITV aren't that bothered about it, but yet they had a rampage on on a Tuesday night, didn't they? So yeah, it's interesting that one. I mean, as far as, you know, if WWE do end up sort of like leaving BT and they can't work something out with Sky, do you see a natural landing zone for them, Andy? I mean, it's hard to sort of like, I can't see any of the, you know, I mean, Channel 5 sort of like dip their toes in having raw highlights and stuff on a Saturday morning and that's no longer happening, is it? It's all been moved on to like uh, some action channel that is also, you know, part of Channel 5 or something, but it's definitely not the network version of Channel 5. Can you see a natural landing zone for WWE in the UK? Well, I think, that, well, Channel 5's in with that uh, conglomerate of, you know, like the, the um, like Discovery channels and like BT and, mm. and they're, all, they're all in sort of like the same pie, but yeah, um, I'm just trying to think options. <laughs> there isn't, there is none really. Challenge TV had TNA on back in the day, didn't they? They can uh... have you gone but TV, people... free, free sports. They're, they're, they're generally the two that turn up. I know pre- Premier Sports had like T- TNA for um, a cup of coffee like a couple of years ago, but you never saw right. that. That that went um, after a couple of months. Um, nope. Yeah, no, it's it's all a bit hard. I think in in general, if they do get a TV deal over here and no one. You know, Sky took them on uh, and didn't use NXT UK. I think you'd see like NXT UK just like network only, to be honest. You know, like they used to do with N- actual NXT back in the day. It was just on, it was just on the network, not on like Sky. Well, NXT UK, yeah. that way it began as network only show. Yeah. One thing on Challenge, people always forget this. The reason why TNA ended up on Challenge was because it used to be on Bravo. And Sky uh, Bravo, yeah. Bravo was part of the Virgin network of channels. Yeah, Sky brought the Virgin network of channels basically because they wanted all the women-focused channels like Living, and uh, yeah. they had to honor the contracts of Bravo, even though they're going to shut down Bravo. So basically, Bravo's programming got scattered across the old Virgin channels, which is why Challenge picked up. Um, uh, TNA, which was weird because you know, you basically had Sky brought owning a channels broadcasting both TNA and WWE, mm. <laughs> but it's because they had to honor the contract and then it became a big success, so challenge renewed. But the original reason why it ended up on challenge was because of this weird contractual thing, which is why 
I do think, you know, if, they, if there was to leave BT Sport, and, and again, like, we're not saying they will. Um, you know, BT has just renewed with UFC. If they were to leave BT, you'd have to think Sky would be the obvious candidate, mm-hmm. even if it was not Sky proper. It was all exclusive content for Peacock. It always was hilarious, weren't it? Like when TNA was on um, was on Challenge, it was like, right, that's that um, episode of Bullseye from 1986. And now for uh, Impact Wrestling, you were like, yeah, it just, it just never quite fit, did it, with uh, their usual sort of remit? Yeah, it was always... Going from, uh, going from a bit of bully to a bit of bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, but um, our last news item, last but most certainly not least, is uh, Brit Rest at the BBC News today as of recording this as uh, the Colliery Championship Wrestling based in uh, County Durham caused a, a whole ton of controversy, not just in the BBC today, but over the last week on social media and the like after staging a, a violent death match between Ronnie Thatcher and Blizzard in front of a, a family audience and the show had been sold as a, a family show obviously had kids in attendance um show that was at the conservative club of all places uh, it's apparently being investigated by the police now after receiving a number of complaints uh, video footage where you can see the wrestlers using garden strimmers and other weapons on each other as they bleed all over the places like five-year-old kids watch on um james barris the promoter apologized but said the the audience had enjoyed it i mean well, it's it just it it just screamed Brit rest, didn't it? When you were reading this <laughs> this article, and obviously, you know, it did cause a big uproar because you know you had wrestlers coming out and the like and saying, you know, obviously they didn't want to put families off from you know who were offended by that show from bringing their kids to other shows around, sort of like the northeast area and the like. But um, yeah, I mean, um, when it came out as a story last week, I didn't think it'd get this far that the BBC would be covering it on their uh, news sites. Yeah, well, I mean, this is the thing, like, the, the facts are known, they are proven, there's no threat of libel, so I think I've seen some people say, now, why is the BBC covering this, we're not so slow to cover speaking out, well, we have libel laws, we have reporting laws when it comes to sexual offences, that kind of hamstrings, uh, uh, the mainstream media, whereas with this, everything's known, you can talk about it, and let's face it, it's really funny. Like, you know, it's like something from a bad sketch show. Fa- no, families go to watch the wrestling, expect to get the phone fingers out, expect to chant easy, easy. Oh, my God, he's taken out that guy's forehead with a with a piece of rusty glass. This is awful. Um, um, to be fair to the promotion, they say a warning was given. They say they told uh, families to leave because this was going to get violent. Who who can say what happened? I think the thing I would say, which I've, which I said on Twitter today, it's funny how people keep saying wrestling isn't regulated in England, and yet the police and the council are investigating. How can it be investigating something that's not regulated? Oh, actually, it is regulated because wrestling is a licensed activity. Mm. You have to get a license. No, either the promoter or the venue has to get a license from the council to run a wrestling event on the premises. I really hope for that promotion's sake 
that they or the uh, uh, the venue had their license in order because if they don't, they are in a world of trouble. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, like I noted there, Andy, it did kick off last week, didn't it? And then obviously this news article came out. I mean, what did you make of it all? I mean, it did seem like a bit daft to be promoting it as a family show, especially when you see the poster and it doesn't mention anything about it being a death match or whatever. And then, you know, you presented with that. I think the kids of Durham have seen worse than the garden. So let's be honest. Um, yes, yeah, sales of garden trimmers have gone through the roof um, in that in that small town. Now. I'm sure they have. Yeah. Yeah. But, no, it's um, yeah, it's it's very out of order what what went on. But yeah, no, it's it's very much typical typical uh, British wrestling. I seen I seen the um, APPG um, account tweeted something out about it today. I don't know if you've seen it. Well, no, I did not. What did they say? No, the, 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 I think the quote the, the they were one of the like the quote tweets about it. This is why we're we're, we're looking to get like regulation and like what have you. They, they just go on their Twitter. They they put some out. Yes. I mean. There is regulation. You just all you need to do is is give guidance councils about what restrictions they could limit. I mean, I don't think anything will happen. The the, the an, uh, uh, assuming the venue had their licenses in order, the the one this most reminds me of. I don't know if you guys remember this. Be a few, it'd be, it'd be oh my god, it'd be almost a decade ago now. There was a MMA event that had two kids fight. What? Like, I yeah, like mentioned the Pepper Pig thing then. No, 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 no. This was, and I think it may have been the Northeast again, Ooh. but like it was like two, nine to no, between nine and 12, but it was like two kids of a real dog fight, of a MMA fight in some local show. And that went viral and that got into the BBC. Um, and nothing really happened of it afterwards. Like, it was like people were like, "This is awful. How could this have happened?" And then it just went away. So I'd imagine it'd be the same thing here, and hopefully the promoters learn the lesson. Um, but um, but yeah, but as I said, you know, it is regulated. You have to get a license. All you need is to give councils the information and the guidance about what they should be requiring of um, of promotion to get their license. Mm, there'll be some, there'll be some free tickets going around to the APPG to Durham. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, I think we've uh, come to the end of the show, haven't we? So, Will, thank you so much for uh, for stepping in at the last minute to uh, to help us out there. Um, where else can people check out more of your stuff? And uh, obviously, you've got the podcast with Rich Fan, haven't you? For uh, Wrestling Torch. Yes. So um, you can you can find my writing at itcanbesaid.substack.com. Um, as Martin uh, Martin said, there is an article um, a f- uh, recently about progress. Latest article is about the fatal flaw in Netflix's business model, which is uh, relevant to pro wrestling. And yes, I'm I'm over on uh, pro wrestling torch. There will be a deep dive uh, this this week with me and Rich, and um, we're going to a bi weekly schedule um, because of uh, Rich's uh, other commitments. But uh, hopefully next week you'll see my new VIP podcast, which will be the deeper dive, where I take, where I talk to a solo podcast 
about one topic. And this is one for uh, all of our friends, uh, Matty Edwards. Uh, it'll be whether Randy Orton is really a WWE legend. Wow. That, that's coming that's next week. be quite the controversial topic that I can imagine. Um, Andy, what about you? What have, uh, what, what have you been recording this month? Yeah, so obviously got the... Um... After the Red Pro show, were you were, were yourself and a few others? Um, if, if, if you, you want like. to hear a drunk Mark Martin screaming into Andy's phone in the pub, then uh, how about it? <laughs> yeah, no, um, we've got that. We've also done a review of, well, we're still in WCW 2000, just done Spring Stampede. So that's the uh, first pay per view of uh, Russo and Bischoff. Um, we're going to be doing slamboree next um in the next couple of weeks and also some live live show reviews from uh red pro york hall uh bwr uh riot rumble at cleefox and also um top rope wrestling at burnley which is um like shake l shams uh train like training show um it's got james mason on and um even little legs who's the uh one of the stars of um itv2's dp so that's that's going to be a lot of fun. Oh, talking yeah, of, that does sound like a fun show, actually. Talking about Shake House Sam, I noticed PCW is doing a Pride show. Yes. I can't think of a promotion whose who's major aesthetic, more suits for the gay community wants more than PCW. You know, get, get some big guys in and we'll be there. Well, they've got. Um, I think it's Priscilla who's like curating the um, like the show. Um, it's taking place at Funny Girls in uh, Blackpool on like their their like Pride weekend. So no, I, I'm, no. I bought a ticket to that show. So like, it should be good. But no, Flutter needs to trust his instincts. He needs, to, he needs to get some big guys in. Oh yeah, he loves that, that, big guys. That's what that's what we want. Um, as for me, uh, me and Andrew Thompson, last we talked about the uh, Cruiserweight Classic, it was really, really good going back and watching that, you know, just in sort of like isolation and thinking everything that happened after it and stuff like that. And now, sort of like that was the original uh, sort of like modern forbidden door, you know, seeing Kota Ibushi and the likes in, in WWE and some cracking matches on there. Um, have a few announcements next month as the show winds down or that you know about the future of the show and obviously the 24-hour stream that we're doing in july and uh shout out to uh two people that met at the red pro show mark doyle great meeting him for the first time and then uh mike who was uh joining us with the podcast andy until i started uh taking it over and then was like oh my train's here i better go um, <laughs> so apologies <laughs> to mike there but um yeah great great bunch of lads meeting and uh mike Dill's brother as well yeah it was great meeting them at the red pro show and uh yeah we'll be back me and andy with benno next month so thanks for listening and we'll catch you then <laughs>